Hello there, boys, girls, and in-betweeners. Hey, hi, how's it going? I'm Alex Correa. Uh, you may know me from co-hosting The Attack uh, with Kevin on Twitch, which is something I do, or hearing my voice during the question portion of the shows, which is also something I do. Either way, it's good to see you again. Uh, Kevin, uh, Kevin is not here. He's on a little getaway with his lady friend, and they're either having the time of their life, or they got captured by the cartel memories. Anyway, he asked me to record a little intro for today's podcast, which I hope you're sitting down for, because the episode is going to blow your butts off, and I don't want any collateral damage caused by a rogue flying anus, because it is with Mr. Andrew Bowser. Uh, here's a little fun fact. You know Andrew. Uh, Mr. Bowser is a director over at Club Nerdist, and when he's not doing that, he's directing his own shorts. Uh, like, sh short movies, not sh short pants. Never mind. Uh, maybe you know one of his characters, Onyx the Fortuitous, otherwise known as Weird Satanist Guy, or Weird Gamer Guy, uh, from E3. Uh, you've seen his videos, but now you can hear his audios of him on the Points Podcast right now. I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm not good at this. Uh, so without further- oh, wait! What's that? Ke Kevin? Kevin, you're here and you want to tell the boys and girls something? What? Well, go ahead, tell them what you wanted to say. Hey, that was a lot of words. But now for the ones that matter the most, because this is our sponsor. Today's episode of the Pointless Podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. You guys know the Squarespace. I talk about them a lot. But if you don't know, get learned. Squarespace is the easiest, most hassle-free, most economical way to build an amazing website. I have used them. I say it all the time, but Bria Grant currently uses them for her website, and I'm amazed at the artist templates. They're beautiful. Single click gets you done. You can launch an online shop. You can do beautiful galleries. You can have uh, comments. You can even get a free domain if you sign up for a year, but they have a free trial that is dirt cheap, the price of free, but should you choose to keep them, sign up using the code POINTLESS. Do me that solid, would you? Go to squarespace.com. If you're going to sign up, use the code POINTLESS. Save yourself 10% off everything. And uh, get yourself a good website and help us out in the process. It's Squarespace. Build it beautiful. And just like that, Mr. Pereira is gone. Before I let you guys go, I wanted to let you know that Kevin and I are doing stuff over on Twitch daily. Every day. Uh, gaming, comedy sketches, newsy type stuff is all happening over there on twitch.tv slash the attack. Every day. 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Just go check it out. Uh, so without further ado, here is the Pointless Podcast with Mr. Andrew Bowser. Start the intro music. Me. This podcast should be America. 110% fucking blood red America. The NDAA. Everybody playing vagina. Cyborg Jesus. Jesus America. First of all, you're going just by Bowser now, which is very Banksy of you, which I like. <laughs> well, yeah, that and that didn't happen. That wasn't me forcing a nickname on people. Mm. I actually had an... You had a lower third come out that yeah, says Bowser. exactly. That's pretty forceful. I know, but only after it just became what people right. called me. I had you an You did improv. change your license plates. Oh, everything. Yeah, to yeah, Bowser, yeah. so it's there. I've, no, I've rebranded my life. <laughs> You Holy. had the old English tattoo of your full name mm -hmm. modified. modified. So now it's just like a weird uh, bonsai tree on one side yeah. and then Bowser on the other half. Yeah, any excuse to put another bonsai tree on my body, <laughs> uh, I'll take it. No, I had an improv coach that was kind of like a – he's just a real guy's guy. Yeah. I think he used to play baseball, and he just was Bowser. It was Bowser. Everything was Bowser. Yeah. And then when I started the, the job name, though, I have yeah. now, there was another Andrew 
No, wait, it was your Bowser. Oh, then it's done. It you too can't, confusing. Yeah, you can't have Andrew 2 or Andrew B. Makes yeah, oh, no, no, sense. no. I, yeah, that would have, yeah. Andrew Are you guys B. on the uh, first name, period, last name at whatever email yes or are you bowser at? i'm just bowser at. you are you got <laughs> yeah, it yeah okay so you're forcing the nickname that's cute <laughs> it's a good so that's why so a i need to okay so i'll just say it's bowser right from, from nerdist is that sure. the official is that or yeah because here's so. i've had no shortage i've sat across this table from many folk very very talented kind amazing people yes never before uh have i been staring down the barrel of a hyphenate or a slashy that is so deserving <laughs> yeah because you writer director yeah producer host sure. actor mm-hmm. podcaster which yes. is, falls under the purview of host but now yeah. it's something like all the vespa enthusiast vespa and the cat daddy i've yep. got two cats several kitty cats yeah. floating around mm-hmm. so i don't know what how how would you like me to intro you to the world when i record this after i uh, well honestly i <laughs> this is going to sound even worse than giving myself my own nickname but i would love for it to just be all of it because i think the the <laughs> The problem I have I was, I was so worried you'd be like, here's the thing. I feel like I defy definition. Oh, yeah. No, 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 So no, I'd no. rather you just make some breathy noises into the microphone. Yeah. I'll give you a music cue that says it all. <laughs> um, it's because it's more of an ambient feeling and less of a, of a definition. Sure. Uh, it's no, the sound of, of several uh, cheesecloths going <laughs> yeah. over microphones, some dove wings yeah, fluttering definitely. in the background, oh, and some pan flutes. shit ton of dove wings. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I think the, a problem I've encountered is is just that. I don't know. I don't. And it, you can't, if I complain about it, it sounds like I'm complaining about, I have too many talents. But it's not, it's, it's not that. It's that I don't, you know, if I'm one thing, I can't be the other. And, it, and if I'm the other thing, I can't be that other thing. And that's been that way my right. whole life. So I don't know. It's pretty incredible. Like, it's very incredible that for some people, it's like, well, a director. Okay, I get it. Right, that's right, his right. role. That's the definition. That is that. But I think... Uh, in this day and age, sure. as I shake a cane at the internet and at new media, right. you have to wear many, many hats. That's the other thing. It, uh, it is also just something that's a necessity. Sure. And a lot of people don't understand that if you're involved in production. Yeah, would I, I, would I like to not edit a lot of the things that I direct? Sure. Can I always pay an editor? No. Well, then I better learn to edit. Right. You know, then I'm a director, a writer, director, editor. You got to crack Final Cut like the rest of us. Yeah, you have to you get, get in get there. That exactly. <laughs> and, and I'm still on Final Cut 7. I won't, I won't break I away. I finally did it. I finally did it. X I, I broke the chain. I'm at X. I'm okay. at X. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. There's, it look, there are some quick edits that take me 45 minutes because I don't know where they hid that tool right. or why the timeline is trying to form its own Voltron idea sure. of what the piece is. You wanted this. Yeah. But no, yeah, no, I didn't no. Want that. But there are some other things on it where I'm just like, whoa, that, that complex effect or that right. chroma key into this effect with this filter on it. Oh, that just took two clicks. Yeah. Oh. That's what everybody tells okay, me. Okay, I'm going to give you that final cut. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm on the pro. And the pitch for Premiere to me, and this is the most exciting topic we could probably spend time on. No, this is great. There's I, three guys at a Genius Bar that haven't yeah. closed their browser tabs yeah. right now. Uh, the Premiere pitch is, yeah, but you know, there's final cut settings. If you just set it to be the final cut keyboard, yeah. you're golden. I've done that, and I'm still lost. Yeah. So why Final Cut 7? I, I hear a lot. There's a lot of guys around here with their Android phones mm-hmm. and their staunch allegiance to all things PC banging the gong and the drums and anything else that's percussive mm-hmm. for Premiere. But then three times a day, I hear, why are you not? Yeah. What are you? Yeah. Because it's crashing or it's, it's eating crashing, something it's or it, it aired on a codec or whatever. For sure. Okay, now let's get to the, the, real, <laughs> okay. the real good stuff. What is your favorite video codec these days? Oh, my gosh. I have to say, I love Apple ProRes. I love anything that shoots ProRes. I love that I can bring it right in. Uh, <laughs> if, I'm sold if it shoots ProRes. Right? Yeah. 
What a time server. I don't care if half the files are corrupted. Black magic. Ooh. Uh, Ooh shots it, fired. Yeah. I didn't know it was going to be that kind of a podcast today, <laughs> Bowser. Come yeah. on now. Yeah. <laughs> ProRes all the way. Uh, th- this, for those who do not know, you are, in fact, a hyphenate. You are a man of many hats. This is Andrew Bowser, everybody. Hey. Uh, where's my what? Here's, there any it is. camera? I can look at yeah, anything. No, right here. Yeah, right here. Here you go. Uh, you want to see it? Here. Yeah. Oh, great. Go. Now I'm I guess I could have turned that. It's fine. You're no, good. it's fine. You're good. The kids love you. They're great. They're already sketching you. We're going to have so much fan art by the end of the show. Most of it hentai related. Yeah. Um, you are officially at Nerdist. You do many, many things outside of there. Um, where do we even begin? I mean, right now, the internet it knows you as the, the spectrumy, satanic worshiper, right? You're a Satanist. Right. Weird Satanist guy. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> that's the, the official title. That's what they know you as right now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, good. We have some of the video. Oh, my this gosh. Is, just play a little bit of it, Alex. Can we hear it? Is that possible? Okay, when we reconfigure the mainframe, it's we has it goes into old timey switchboard oh, operator sure. mode. Yeah, and starts pushing. Okay, here we go. So wait, let me set the stage real quick. So let, just pause it real quick. This is a a real Detroit news story. Yes. about a a, a, satanic, a satanic statue, statue that's that's being erected that won't stay there. It'll be taken around the country, but it, it started in Detroit to make a statement about the freedom of religion. Okay, so this is a real news story. They went out. They were. Satan worshippers in line. Mm-hmm. Okay, and let's statue let's hear some of, of it. Angel crushing the devil. Part of me wishes that angel statue would come to life, and King Baphomet would rise, and two eternal juggernauts would do battle right here in the middle of the city. But for what is this battle raging, you ask? I don't know. What stands at the center? To that I say, my soul is at the center, offered up to the ageless ones, only to be torn in twain. The unveiling here <laughs> is the Wait, get to the, the last bit. Do you case it through one oh, more? Yeah. Okay, okay. The, I'm sure you've seen this a million times as you've cut this, but... It's like you can't have one without the other, you know? Like I'm equal parts God and the devil. A cloak of shame covers this man, and only supreme light will wash my body clean. But how could that light possibly reach me with the thick clouds of indecency that surround my poor soul? So I carry my wrongdoings on my back like some kind of tormented hiker lost in the hills of misfortune, looking desperately for that peak to rescue him from the valley of depraved habitual self-pleasuring. But again, I find nothing except for sweaty, devastated loneliness and a thousand judging eyes staring back at me from the cover of a stolen Victoria's Secret catalog. I didn't take your mail, Mrs. Pemberton. Stop asking me that. Leave me alone. (laughs) Satan's pretty cool. Yes! Oh, so good! (laughs) So good! Oh my god, so good! Thank you. So brilliant. I mean, I've I've fallen in love with that character. I I, I think I first... Saw that character in the E3 video. Yes, that you did. The game. What was it? Gamer Zone or Weird gamer-, gamer Guy? Oh yeah, yeah. The, the, the the show was Game Smash. Game Smash. Thank yeah. you. And so Game Smash is there at E3. Weird Gamer Guy shows up with the Diablo shirt and a tie that I own as well. Perfect. And drinks his mini wine, and it's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, perfect. So so well placed. I fell in love with it immediately, and I I, I refused to tell people that thought it was real that I knew you. Yeah. Because that's it's that's it's. I now understand the burden that my parents had with, like, do we tell them that Santa Claus is not a... <laughs> Yeah. Because it was a precious thing. And just today, I told you this before we started, yeah. James in our office, I played the clip. I said, this is who's coming on my cast tonight. We watch, and he was mortified. He's like, he's you're like, going like, to have oh, that shit. guy on for an hour? Right. How are you going to do that? And he's like, well, I mean, he is brilliant. Like, the news crew interviewed him all day. You the could see passage down. of time. The mm-hmm. sun went down. He was so fooled. Yeah. And I love that this is one of those videos that... Like on the Reddits, if you will. Yeah. Half the people are, I can't believe this guy. What a weirdo. What a this. What a that. Oh, it's so funny. 
they don't get it all, but they still love it. They mm-hmm. love what they're seeing. And the other half that know you or are familiar with your work or that, that they, oh, the video doesn't match this frame rate or whatever. They're right. trying to pick it apart that way. They still like the video. Yeah. It doesn't ruin the content. You know, you right. don't have to buy into this guy being real for it to be enjoyable. I actually like it more knowing that you are able to turn that character on somehow. Right. Yeah, and rapid yeah. fire deliver that. So yeah. where the hell, like, has that blown up for you? Because it's got millions of views, right? Yeah. Yeah. Between the YouTube page where it was originally and then people that have ripped it and sure. put it on Facebook pages, it has over 7 million views right Jesus. now. And uh, did you thank the fat Jew for that? Did I did. You send him a card? It, well, he, yeah, I owe him everything. Yeah, it's really uh, great that he created that video. <laughs> yeah, it's so great that he wrote and directed that himself, <laughs> um, and that he's wearing a my Mission Impossible mask and pretending to be me. Um, yeah, I uh, it, it was a character that I had come up with a few years ago, and I liked the idea of a guy that was so insecure that no matter what he said and how forward a statement as it as it may be, that he still ended it with I don't know. I don't know. He still said, he said, it's just the ultimate insecurity. Anything he said, even if it's just answering, what's your favorite video game? This one? I don't know. What do you mean you don't? You, that's your favorite <laughs> video. How could you backtrack that fast? And I like basing characters around ticks, nervous ticks, uh, because I think they're very, very insightful. Right. And, uh, and, and so I, I remember telling my wife, I said, oh, I want to do this character where uh, he's, after everything he says, he says, I don't know. And she said, okay. Cool. <laughs> My wife doesn't care. <laughs> but I, so I, I went to E3 a few years ago and I shot that. And my intention was never to, well, this is, well, that's not true because I shot it. I you know did the graphics for Game Smash and I, I wanted it to feel real. Yeah. You kept, but, look, you could have just shot this character at E3. Right. But what I love is that you, you encapsulated it yeah. within the guise of this is a yeah. bit that is unrelated to this guy. Right. This guy happens to be the gold, silver lining sure. within it. And the weird, and the, the thing is, it's not that uh, that I want to trick people. It's that for me, the comedy is just best when it's viewed through the lens of reality. Yeah. So, but then people with that E3 video, and it took a year for that E3 video to pop off in any regard, and it wasn't as as viral as the the Satanist video. But the backlash of, uh, well, first of all, it took a year, and then finally at E3 that the next year, it sat online with like two hundred views for wow. a year, and then. At E3 the next year, I don't know how, it got on Reddit and got upvoted and, and then it got pretty popular. And, you know, I got a certain amount of emails from people. Who are you? Do you want to work on this thing or that thing? Um, and some of, some of it led to small opportunities. But now, two years after that, it got popular again through somebody putting it on a Facebook page. And the, that, the same E3 video. The same E3 video. I think they trimmed it down. And, uh, and then it got popular just a few months ago, which led me to – because – the character, I love the character, but I've put him in contexts that don't work, and I've had to not not do him for a while because some of the some of the ways I presented him weren't as I I didn't frame it the right way. I realized that the way to frame him is is in the most realistic way possible, mm-hmm. and you know I tried doing some kind of more sketch stuff with him. Is that like the confident him. homeless guy? Is that well, like similar? Because it wasn't quite the same character. Confident homeless guy was before I ever did Onyx. Oh, okay. And I, I just like experimenting with verbose. I just like words. So I, and I like memorization. I like having to memorize long passages. And uh, so the confident, confident homeless guy is just another long-winded idiot. So I think he, he's there somewhere sure. in the Onyx stuff. But, um, but then... The Facebook page that reposted the E3 video led me to to get back into Onyx, 
and I'd kind of shied away from him. But again, even with the Satanist video, my intention wasn't to trick anyone. I just mm-hmm. saw that news report on my podcast, actually, Bizarre States. We were we were looking up information about that statue, and I watched that news report. And as an editor, I could tell there were these moments that would be very easily – you could siphon you could them out. Lift them. And lift them right with up. a little bit of room tone, a little bit of crowd noise, patch it, and uh, and it would fit. And then I thought, God, Onyx would be at that fucking – he'd be at that unveiling and so, uh, so I shot my portion in Burbank and then spliced oh, it in. So the, the moment I saw that, because I, I, I loved it for multiple reasons. I love, and I like the fact. It's interesting though that you say that it's not to trick people. It's because it's funnier in the context of it being that real, which right. I, which I love. Yeah, because I, I, it's totally valid if you wanted to pull the wool over people's eyes. Right, but you're totally right, as you presumably would be, because you're the artist and the one who's <laughs> making this shit. Right. Was that with the E3 one, the juxtaposition of these other people within that segment only heightened the comedy that your character brings. When you deliver that rapid-fire, ultra-confident, crazy saying, and immediately tear it down with a, I don't know, and then cut to somebody else talking about (laughs) watchdogs. Yeah. It only heightens the comedy. So I like that. It's not that you're trying to make the viewer an idiot. You're not trying to, 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 to fool anybody, which is great. But when I saw that, I immediately went like, oh my God, there's a show here. Yeah. There's a show of just parody cutaways if you will char- character based cutaways whatever yeah of local news reports and of other things right so so well done and so brilliant of you to spot that right and then well, go after with that That's character cool. yeah super enjoyable man yeah i appreciate it yeah it, so, it, yeah i mean it's just like if there's certain things are mockumentary because you're gonna get something like david brent doesn't exist without that camera being on him i don't think onyx would say i don't know by himself I think that's a nervous tick that comes out right. when he's worried about the words coming out of his mouth. Mm-hmm. So if he were to just talk into a camera alone in his room, I don't imagine him second-guessing If he's himself. chatting with his friends about Satanism at an IHOP, oh, yeah. that conversation is flowing. Yeah. But when oh, the, yeah. the sun gun comes on yeah. and the reporter's got the stick mic in his face, now it's, right. well, now I'm being held accountable exactly. for all these thoughts. And do I really believe them? I don't know. Now he's worried, yeah. yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> I love you. it. So how was the how's that response been with that? I mean, you, you said what over eight million views? I think it's like over seven right now okay. between all the pages that, that have posted it. It's been great. I think with the best thing has been that again with the first E three video, I there was more backlash than anything. People would find out that I was a writer, performer guy, and they'd be like, Fuck this guy. Whereas, really? Yeah. So and and I sat there and thought, Well fuck, why did I why did I fucking do that? I'm I'm an idiot. I should uh, and then I even ha- I had like managers reach out to me and say you really made it difficult uh, to find yourself uh, posting it on some random channel you made up called Game Smash. Right. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm just a big fucking idiot. Then. Oh, I and love I- that. <laughs> to me, that was the that was the rabbit hole, man. Yeah, you yeah. gave us a rabbit hole. You did yeah. you do that? Because I noticed the Satanist video wasn't on Nerdist and it wasn't on your channel, at least where I saw it. Did right. I see right, it ripped right. off somewhere, or did you make no, another no, no. channel? It, no, but it, it's a channel that I do have content on otherwise. Okay. But nothing that I'm in. It's a channel that I have other content on that sometimes is branded or sometimes is a video that I've been hired to make. Um, so it is, it's a channel of mine, but it is not a channel of my sketches. Gotcha. Um, and I don't think there's anything with my face uh, on it in the channel. Do you um, feel like that's a misstep now, like having looked back on it and that, that E3 video, at least initially, do you think that they were right or you made it too difficult to search out or do you think that's part of the fun? Uh, it, it, I'm trying to enjoy the the little microcosmic ride a little better this time around part of me definitely uh second guesses putting it somewhere where people cannot immediately find out who's responsible for it but at the same time like i said 
I feel like it removes the fun when you experience, when you digest it like it's real because that's part of the thrill. Mm-hmm. But what I have been encouraged by is the fact that this time around, unlike with the E3 video, people are doing due diligence. And I wound up getting 15,000 new subscribers on an old channel of mine that I haven't put anything on in two years, but that have all my sketches that have me acting in them. Mm-hmm. And so that was encouraging, the idea that um, they didn't just click subscribe to where whatever and wherever they saw this video. They thought, who's that dude? They researched and then went to my old YouTube channel, looked at other sketches of mine and subscribed. That wound up encouraging me more that that people took the time to seek me out and are now saying, oh, dude, what else are you doing? I want And that makes me feel a little better that they're not going to be mad if oh, I yeah. upload Listen, a that... sketch that isn't a fake newscast now. You know, you, People talk about engagement all day. Right. And asking someone to click the triangle and sit oh, through a video, gosh. that barrier to entry is so difficult. Yeah. And not only did people watch this video, yeah. but then they went and went down the rabbit hole. Right. And they sought you out. They had such a good time with it yeah. that they went. I mean, that's amazing. And I it followed a, a handful of Reddit threads yeah. where people were tossing out deep cuts Oh, people are archive. Up, people are uploading uh, music videos from my band that I was in in Washington D.C. that are from like 2005, 2004. Amazing, and that's cool because of course when I made that music video, I thought we're gonna make this music video, guys, and they were gonna be fucking huge. And you know, we broke up in two 2015. Years later. People are gonna be talking about it. Yeah, well, they are, yeah, but not because their singles number one in Japan. Right? Again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where, which in my mind was like, God, this music video is all we need, guys. So it's cool to see it, it, it somewhat validates uh, some of my earlier attempts, which is nice to see people finding old gems. Not I'm sorry, gems, but old nuggets. No, I found some gems. I stuff. found some fucking gems because I didn't even ah. know the, the videos with you and Milana, yeah, the audition yeah, videos, the audition pyramid videos. casting. Right, 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 right. Because this is on another random YouTube channel. Yes, yeah, that, yeah. I mean, it has other sketch comedy stuff or whatever, but these the videos with you and Milana yeah. as like a husband and wife team trying out for game shows. Yeah. I've I've laughed so hard, and it's just the two of you in front of a blue screen or at a desk, right. and it's brilliant. That's cool to hear. It's amazing because that was another instance of I worked at a casting company for years. My job was a casting editor, which just means you take the audition tapes. Oh man, for so reality you shows. saw a whole lot of oh my terrible gosh. society. Every almost every character that I have in my head is from someone I saw on those audition tapes for Parental Control for Wipeout. Uh, any anywhere I worked and cut casting tapes. <laughs> oh just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just playing right now, and I, yeah. If you're not watching the YouTube version of this, like, you're yeah, doing a disservice. It's we so good. Be on the show, couples therapy, because I mean we're big fans of the show. We watch it all the time. Yeah, and I think we would just overall. I think we would make a real. Got it. Bring the energy up. Okay, <laughs> we'll do that. We'll bring it up. Yeah, right. This, on. No, do, we'll you gotta you gotta seek this one out. Decimation, decimation. Too much energy. Got it. I'll bring it down. That's fine. I can bring it down. So you uh, saw we personality oh, after personality. Like there this. was a guy that auditioned for a game show, and 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 the, this was a normal guy. He yeah. wasn't a performer. A lot of times on these game shows, especially because they cast out of L.A., you get actors, actors and actresses right. that are like, oh, this is a means to an end. This is for an sure. IMDb credit. This is cool. Yeah, but this guy was was really normal, and he just couldn't take direction from the casting director. It was always too far one way or the other and he did exactly that he was too low energy so she said bring it up and the next take that i was scrubbing through to edit he was a fucking maniac like <laughs> maniac and just i just flipping a lo- table yeah. rail a blow he coming knocked, out of his nose he like did knock something off the no. table because there were props because the game had to do with moving money around and then he just like knocked a bunch off and yeah i can kinda, do this yeah I got it. all right was faking like there was all this pressure oh no and it killed me and so 
I liked finding the comedy in in the the edit. Uh, you're you're forcing an edit on these people, so they're going to get cut off, and they're, you know not going to hear the person giving them the instructions on right. screen. Yeah, there were there were parental control. There were a million people. I, I still have them cataloged. I could probably get in trouble for this because I'm sure I'm not supposed to have, have these that clips. footage. But yeah, no, it's good that you. But did. they're great, and they're just character after character because I like people being under pressure and and feeling pressure to perform that aren't performers. And a lot of reality casting and a lot of game show casting, that pressure is put on people. Oh, yeah. And so they'd come in and they'd have this act ready. There was this guy that I, I, I think about him daily where he said uh, – they asked him if you do impressions. I heard on your sheet you said you do impressions. And he said, uh, yeah, uh, I do a, yeah, I do a, a Scooby, Scooby-Doo impression. I said, okay, cool. Could you do it for – and he really pumped up this impression. He's like, yeah, yeah, cool. My Scooby-Doo is probably my best. I'm like, All right, let me hear it. And he went <clears> – <throat> <laughs> and then just started coughing in the middle of the impression couldn't finish it and i i laughed out loud in the office in santa monica at mtv just died laughing that here was this guy building up yeah. this you know this, I mean, this, this talent the one i bring out all the time at the birthday party right. it's when we're cruising right. on the yacht and it's, it's yeah yeah oh yeah, you want the scooby I'm... okay yeah. get ready and then just hijacked <laughs> by something he couldn't control uh, so there's a lot of comedy in Where does that come tapes. from, that love of cringe? Because I, I have it as well, but it yeah. seems like you're much more locked in and dialed in with it. It's, yeah, it's almost the only thing I care about. Uh, <laughs> I, I Where think, does that come from? I think it comes from, um, I just think it comes from childhood and experience being the one causing the cringe or feeling the cringe and uh, trying to take ownership over it. I remember, uh, you know, I was just one of those kids that was made fun of for anything and everything I could mm. be made fun of for my whole life. And I remember uh, there was one instance where I just walked into a situation and the tension I could feel, I knew these guys were about to make fun of me in the cafeteria. I just knew it. I saw yeah. them. Isn't that and, weird how you develop a sixth sense Oh, that sort not, of thing? I had a therapist tell me. It starts tingling me, and you're like, It's oh. hypervigilant. She said, you've become hypervigilant. Oh, my God. I got labeled with that. Yeah. Did you? Hypervigilance? My, it, was, it wasn't those terms exactly, but it was like, oh, you need to stop. You have a... a like a radar detector yeah. that's hanging out on the dash of your mind. And it's looking four miles out for any right. sort of deer crossing the road or it yeah. could be an insult in a cafeteria or right. a relationship issue or a professional thing or whatever. And he's like, just worry about the five inches in front of your bumper. Right. Start there. Start where your headlights can see. Yeah. It's like you're projecting so that's far out to, to find do, any though. little thing. Crazy difficult. Yeah, crazy difficult. So what kind of kid were you that you were getting made fun of all the time? Well, I was chubby. Yeah. I was uh, musical theater nerd, comic book nerd, every kind of oh, nerd. God, you were stacking the deck against Sta- yourself, huh? Stacking the deck. Then uh, on top of that was the only white kid at my school throughout middle school and all of high school. Where were you growing up? I grew up in PG County, Maryland. Oh, okay. And so, the, and I, 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 I always say it wouldn't have mattered what school I went to. I would have been made fun of. I'd like to think it was like the sure. making fun of the white kid thing, but I think it would have gone anywhere. <laughs> I think right. making fun of me is it spans racial issues. It goes outside <laughs> oh, of that. You, you bridge the gap. You span yeah, the racial yeah. divide. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because because white people made fun of me too. But um, but that was a big thing. I I could never fit in. It, it, and I'm not asking for sympathy because I, I understand the privilege that, that white people have on a big picture level. But in PG County, Maryland, as a fat white kid, you know, at a school with, with, that was entirely African-American, oh, man, I could not. Couldn't, so, I couldn't win. So what happened this day that you walk in the cafeteria and you these, can these sense dudes that look they're at just me, about to shred you? 
And I don't remember what the joke was, but but I made the joke first, basically, yeah. uh, that I that I thought was coming, and uh, and they laughed in a way that deflated the whatever the tension of whatever was about to happen, and those dudes became my buddies. <laughs> you know, and then I made I always made friends, especially in school, because of the racial tension uh, through jokes. Right. Um. And this sounds this sounds um ridiculous but doing chris farley impressions doing jim carrey impressions comedy they didn't make fun of chris farley the, the kids at my school that right. that were that were uh eager to make fun um they didn't make fun of jim carrey and 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 in living color was 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 on and if i did a fire it was on in the classrooms let's be clear yeah, yeah. They were we watched it, it every times. day are we well pg <laughs> county schools are well, we would watch tv most of the time but um but that was a, something that bridged that issue was just was laughing about the same thing. And, and then, of course, growing up a, again, I made friends with so many awesome kids at the school that were you were made fun of at my school for not being black enough, even if you were black, right. being the wrong shade of black. There was meanness. Kids are mean. I got that all the time in my school. You were the wrong shade of black. Constantly yeah, yeah. not black enough. So it, it, now as an adult, I realize it, it wasn't it, it was race, but it was also just kids you know right we were we were going to be mean to each other uh but me being white didn't help but yeah i made great friends and a lot of it was based on comedy guys liking the same jokes and uh and liking the same comics comic books you know comic books were a big thing drawing because i grew up drawing wanting to be a comic artist and uh and my friends we'd trade we'd do comic strips every day and trade them back and forth and tell whole narratives about how we were all we had a crew called the born losers so it was great because then I, I like I, this bubble of self-deprecation oh, that you man. built around yourself. Totally, You're like yeah. I, I'm actually way smarter and faster and funnier than all of yeah. you. So I'll cut to it, the yeah, chase. Yeah, let me cut to the chase. I'll eviscerate myself, save right. you guys a lot of time, yeah. and then we can move on with our yeah. day. I don't know why I thought it'd be fun to wear a Hawaiian shirt to the eighth grade field day. Let me tell you this. <laughs> I wore the Hawaiian shirt thinking this is going to be the – because I'm the party guy. I'm right. I'm the funny guy. Right. So let's just embrace it and wear the Hawaiian yeah. shirt. Plus, you're the white guy. You have the if white anybody's guy. gonna wear the the Hawaiian shirt, it's yeah, gonna be it's you. It's gonna be me. And you know, people are gonna talk about it anyway. Show up in the Hawaiian shirt. Oh man, look, he's in the Hawaiian shirt. Uh, he's crazy. We, you know, we love him. Blah blah blah. Uh, <laughs> white guys, black guys, my everybody. Yeah. Just, I'm the funny guy. And then uh, a bird shit on my Hawaiian shirt. Before I could even get onto the field for field day. I remember I was crossing the curb to get onto the field as my friends were like, dude, and a bird shit on me. And I started talking to them, and they were like, you've got shit on your shoulder. And I had to go and wash off oh, the white shirt. I love that. In your head, you're moving in slow motion. Staying alive is playing yeah, 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 exactly. as you're walking onto that field in your sweet yeah. Hawaiian shirt. And then yeah. nature lets you know exactly. your, your place on the totem pole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in, in, in hindsight, I, lo I love where I grew up, and I love that – by the end of my run in PG County, I had friends spanning all races. We were all nerds, you know, mm -hmm. and we all found each other. And, uh, and it wound up being a really good experience. But, yeah, for a time, it was just getting pummeled with ridicule because you you're so on edge in any environment. And at my school, it would be like walking the gauntlet, walking down the hallway. How many insults am I going to get before I get to my locker? So I think I like taking those moments and, and deconstructing them and then flipping them out. What – what what is going through that guy's mind? The guy that I did something the other day in character as Onyx, and someone someone and I wanted to stay in character, but someone looked at me and said, "Hey, I like your pants," and he's got these big baggy jeans. You know, they're covered in chains, right? And as 
Andrew, I knew, you don't like my pants. You're making fun of me. You know, you're making fun of Onyx. But I wanted to stay in character, so I just said, oh, oh thanks. <laughs> and I had a smile on my face. And it just felt so, I like kind of soaking in that and staying in the character, right. kind of dealing with it. Was, and, this, uh, was this a plant? Was this someone was supposed to say, hey, I like your pants? Or no, no, you were just out was, doing a thing. I was happened. out doing a thing, and someone chimed in, and I thought, and this is this is great. I was shooting something else with this character, and some of this stuff isn't up yet, or I don't know if it will be. It's stuff I've just been kind of shooting to sure. feel out the character. And I shot something, and I went up to these women, and we weren't rolling yet, but I wanted to get in character, So, uh, and I was at like a party. I went and danced by myself and kind of tried to dance with people. They weren't having it. As Onyx. Yeah. Oh and then my I, God, I, I see that so bad. I went up to a, a group of, of girls and I said, excuse me, excuse me, I like, your, I like your dress. And the girl went, thanks. Turned around, turned her back to me, and I thought, now I'm ready to film. Let's, yeah. let's do it. Because that's exactly the kind of rejection I needed to then fuel the, the performance for the little sketch. But yeah. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> are those going to be for you, for your channel? Or are those going to be for Nerdist? I don't know. Do know? I, don't, I don't know where they're going to live. Okay. I, um, my, one thing from the Satanist, Satan, Satanist video, uh, even though the guy in the newscast says the church, the Satanic church. The Satanic church, uh, right. The, the Satanist video, one thing about it doing well is that, yeah, there may be some options for what I do with that guy next or where. Right. But again, it, you know, it's, got to frame him the right way well and and someone from the i don't know if we should say the name of the outlet but someone wanted to interview yeah they thought they were interviewing onyx right you got that was like the one major reach out about this thing was yeah and this happened this i don't know if anyone watching or listening will know but but i did a character years ago called vincent dooley and he was a, a an aspiring inventor and something went mildly viral in like 2008 or 9 and actually uh, attack of the show aired the clip uh, on the around the around the net, yeah. Uh, but but I had filmed myself as Vincent Dooley, kind of auditioning for a movie. But it was really just to show my co-director how I wanted to play the character. But we put it online, and people thought it was an audition tape, Amazing. and that this guy was a, a nightmare human being. And it got mildly viral, and I got phone calls uh, from outlets that thought I was Vincent. And the and the second I said, oh oh no, I'm well, I'm an actor. Man, it just, they just, oh, really? And then it wasn't, well, you'd rather work with a nut job, like a yeah, exactly. legitimate nut job. Right. Than someone who can play it so convincingly right. that you thought they were real. Right. And so a similar thing happened with the Satanist video because somebody reached out to interview me. And I, I, I don't know if they thought I was Onyx, but I, the, the first couple of questions were definitely, oh, so are you a Satanist? Oh, no. no but I, I mean, I'm interested in the occult. Uh, wait, you know I'm not you know onyx right. and they said oh, yeah no 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 i know and it, i felt like i could hear the papers shuffling as they tried to redirect the interview and come at right. a different angle because then they kind of lost steam and they said well but so how did you okay but you did prank everyone in line and and they didn't they didn't know and then i said oh and it, i felt bad telling her but i right. said no i oh i filmed my stuff in Burbank you had the moment you and had the I, moment where you had to let him know yeah it's not real uh-huh yeah and I could feel her just kind of lose steam mm. and finished out the interview talking about so what else do you write and direct yeah <laughs> uh, well sketches and work for Nerdist and I, right. but I just felt like all of a sudden there wasn't as much yeah interest. that managing editor's not letting that story go through because the hook was <laughs> yeah. I got this guy right he's crazy what other There's crazy shit will and, he yeah, say exactly um and so that's a li it's a little 
not frustrating, but it's just hard to, how do you manage something that works based on believability? Right. But that's is that that's not going to help the well, writer director guy. No, yeah, that's so weird. You've also said though that the conceit isn't to necessarily fool people. Whereas some artists would do that interview with that outlet in character and say, "Yeah, I am that guy, and here's what I think and feel." But I like that you're like, "No, I'm I'm not. I'm a human being. I'm a yeah. writer director. I'm not that guy." Because you'd be perpetuating the lie if you did those interviews in character. Yeah, and it also just seems that, uh, and I may feel differently about this if this does evolve, and I sure. were to get an opportunity to to do it longer form or on a bigger stage. But at right now, it almost feels like it degrades the character because the character is very written, and uh, I, you can improvise as him. And I did the other day out for when I was kind of mm -hmm. shooting this other project with him. Um, but I still I improvised with a with a a structure in my own head. Um, I don't know that you could just do an interview as Onyx. Um, you know, so many people have said, oh, what if Onyx did this? And I was like, if Onyx did that, he'd just shit himself and pass out from anxiety. <laughs> like, what if you took Onyx to this? You know, what if right. Onyx met a porn star? You know, and I'm like, he'd just fucking lose his mind and right. turtle up and disappear. So, yeah, it, to do an interview as him would almost kind of throw out how important mapping him out is right and, and i like that he's appearing in the context like he's he's naturally a, it's he's a naturally occurring character within the world where he lives yes. he wants to be at e3 he's got the diablo oh, right. shirt he fucking loves it he's For there sure. he's a satanist that's why he's in line with the other satanists sure yeah. but why he would be hanging out with a porn star necessarily you can't just yeah plug and play him don't get me wrong i would love to see him everywhere i'd love <laughs> right, to see him right, at a yeah. carnival i'd love to see him at a presidential debate yeah, yeah. i'd love to in see a hot him air everywhere. balloon yeah, yeah. totally right. totally but i get it you have to it has to be a little more organic than that yes but, it does but i hope that the 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 door knocks and and phone rings never stop cool. for this well, character I, yeah i appreciate it's so that. enjoyable i appreciate that so take me from high school cafeteria yeah. On high alert all the time. High comics alert. with friends. Right. To writing, directing, producing, editing, yeah. etc. What, well, what is that path? Uh, I think a lot of me wanting to be a writer, director also came out of discomfort. I was a, a child actor, aspiring kid actor, um, which also earned me some cool points with my peers. Right. Um, but what uh, kind of stuff were you in? Oh, man. I mean, I, I started acting and stuff when I was eight, I think. My dad auditioned for something at a community theater because my dad sung, and he, he's a great voice, and I wanted to audition as well, and we both got parts, and it just so happened that a dinner theater, which is a little bit higher tier than a community theater, was doing the same production a few months later. So then I got the same role. It was Winthrop in Music Man. Gary, Indiana, Gary, Indiana. Uh, Ron Howard played the role in the film. Uh, I did the dinner theater production, and then a manager was there, a Maryland, Balt you know, Baltimore, D.C. manager. And the nice thing about growing up in Maryland is that uh, you could go to New York for auditions. You'd get on the right. train. I'd get on the Amtrak and be in New York in just a few hours. So I started getting good auditions, and I auditioned for Broadway shows, and uh, I booked a lot of local radio commercials because uh, I was good at memorizing. I remember I had a... Uh, a commercial for a local hair cuttery and it was me and a guy that was playing my dad and he got angry because I never missed a beat and I never flubbed a word and he of course just like anyone right. had to take a line again down at the hair cutter ah, sorry let me take it again and I never had to do that and uh, he's getting annoyed I could tell and I liked that though I liked working with adults like as a kid actor you, you you work with adults. You work with other kids, sure. But you're with them when they're joking and making inappropriate jokes, and 
And uh, I also liked being plugged into a community that was eclectic. Right. And, and Also crazy that balance of power now that I'm just thinking about how yeah. weird that industry is because you guys are both essentially getting the same rate. Right. You're doing the same job. Yeah. You're eight years old. Yeah. This guy's 45. Like at no yeah. other – he'd be taking you to work in any other situation to right. show you – the, his cubicle. For sure. But at no other thing are you signing, pushing Excel spreadsheet numbers around yeah. and collating papers alongside a 45-year-old man. Exactly. It's, it's you're a peer all of a sudden. Yeah. And I liked that. When I uh, – yeah, I came into that recording studio like Krusty the Clown, like, let's do it. <laughs> we got through them all. <laughs> exactly. Um, but doing plays – I get a juice box after this, and yeah. maybe my, my parents will take me out for some froyo. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love getting out of school to go do this stuff since I didn't enjoy school very sure. much. So, uh, and I, and then I got a big play that took me traveling around the world for nine months. It was like a Broadway production that left to do the tour and there just, there was no better experience. It was amazing. And, uh, again, just loved being with adults and kind of feeling like I was one of the, one of the gang. And that was being in theater was the first time I, I experienced that, that feeling that, oh, we're all misfits and loved that. Just loved it. And so, uh, but didn't like auditioning, got very uncomfortable, didn't like the lack of control that I could walk in there. And even though I had practiced this, I could walk in there and they'd say, so you're singing, uh, you're singing, where's love? No, 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 I'm, I'm singing a song from little shop. Oh, oh, the sheet music we have is, is where is love, (sighs) you know, panic. Right. Or just, oh, Hey, we changed the lines. Will you say this or will you do this? Or feeling like they were worried that I wasn't the right height or was too fat. Sure. Um, when I did a play called The Secret Garden, I was rapidly gaining weight because we had per diem and we were traveling. And I played a dying child. And they just kept darkening the circles under my eyes as I got bigger and bigger. <laughs> and now I find out the producers did talk to my, my parents about, like, Bowser's got to trim down. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, because I'm playing a dying kid and I'm right. just ballooning. <laughs> like, you know, eating out in Chicago and then, you know, eating in Japan and... But, but I love that environment. So, uh, but over the course of auditioning, I realized I, I want to be in more control. Mm-hmm. And so in middle school, I started writing stuff and shooting it with my buddies. And, and then uh, in high school, fully switched to just wanting to be a screenwriter. And then that's when I watched all the old movies and you know, devoured every film right. student movie and uh, rented five movies a day and just fell in love with the whole vision of something, but never lost the bug for performing. And I think that's always been the, I don't know, you, it, this is a very like bourgeois thing to complain about, but it's really hard to say, no, I like acting just as much as I like directing. And I may not be shitty at either. People, I may not be the best at both, but people are like, but you're probably shitty at one, right? And like, well, I don't know. I don't think so. I've got, I want to do all this. So kind of as soon as I caught that bug for the whole, just the process of crafting something, then I fell in love with writing and directing in high school. I uh, did photography in high school. That was also a place for me to hide from any bullies. It was in the dark room. And, uh, and then went to film school in New York at, at the School of Visual Arts. Uh, but then would, my friends would just cast me in their films. So I never right. stopped But at least you didn't have to audition, though. I didn't That's have to audition. That's the best part. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You got it, Bowser. You're in. Right. Well, and, and when you're in film school, you're always making movies that are like, so th- So they're gangsters. I mean, I guess they're 19-year-old gangsters, but but they're yeah, gangsters because right. we've all watched Reservoir Dogs. Right. Who yeah, owns like, a leather jacket? Yeah, you're, exactly. you're in. You're, you're a cast. mob boss. Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Just had to interrupt the show and clear my throat to let you know about today's sponsor. It's Squarespace. 
Oh, what were the odds? Pretty favorable if you listen to the intro to the show, which I think that's probably like at least a solid 63% of you hang out for that crap. But hey, this ain't crap. Oh, this is the cream, baby. Oh, this is the polish on the turd of a podcast because Squarespace is an amazing service. You got a website. Well, great. Make it a Squarespace site. You need a website because we all do these days. So do it on Squarespace. But Kevin, I'm not a wizard. You're shouting at your portable MP3 player or your car stereo or your home entertainment system. Well, you don't need to be. That's the message I want to tell you, my friends. Squarespace has sites that look professionally designed regardless of your skill level. You don't have to be a coder. You don't have to see the matrix. Algorithms don't need to float by your head and make subway train noises as they pass. No! Millions of people. Some of the most respected brands in the world have trusted Squarespace with their site, and you should too. It's only $8 a month. And if you sign up for a whole year, you get a free domain. So that's basically getting you... The service is basically free. You're going to register a domain anyway, so go ahead and do it. Grab it, my friends. Building a website can be tough. All right? Squarespace makes it easy for business sites, portfolios. Maybe you got a restaurant. Maybe you got a portable weed delivery system. I'm not talking to a specific person that I happen to know listens to my podcast. No! I'm talking to everybody. They give you simple, powerful websites, professionally designed. They're super easy. You can launch a store. I can't say enough about it, but I will tell you that they also have 24-7 customer support. So no matter when or where you're in trouble, smash the horn button on your keyboard, pull your internet machine to the side of the information superhighway. They will show up. They will give you a tow right to success town. That, I hate myself for having said that. If you want to sign up for them, and you should. Go to squarespace.com, use the code pointless and get 10% off your purchase. And that will show them that you're supporting us by supporting them. The snake eats its tail. We all have food in our tum-tums and the villagers rejoice. That's squarespace.com. Use the promo code pointless and show your support for this little bad boy right here. I appreciate it. So yeah, anybody, any, any film student that could also act would be the one in front of the camera. But so it was my time at SVA that really cemented that I want, I want to direct. And parents, it sounds like they were ultra supportive throughout the entire thing. They were. Did they travel the world with you as well? Did they go to Japan? My with mother you did. Yeah. And uh, yeah, did uh, she I, give up a career for that, or was she? Well, she, you know, she was always jumping around, and so I, I don't know that. I mean, she may hear this and say, "No, I did give up a lot." I know she gave up a lot, and I think my family gave up I a lot. Also, took her to Japan. All yeah, right. Right, listen, right. mom. Listen. Well, when and whenever like one of the kids is a, is an aspiring actor. I feel like it's going to suck up a lot of time and attention. And I, you know, now that I'm the age I am, my sisters and I joke about it. But I think there was a time when it was like, so where's a lot of the money going that this household is bringing in? Oh, to send Andy to New York again. And that gamble, oh man, you know, it, sometimes you'd have to stay because they may, they, there may be a callback tomorrow. So you can't go back to Baltimore. So we stay in a hotel and you're, you're staying. It's gambling, you know? Yeah. You're literally rolling the dice. You're rolling the dice. On the tickets, on the hotel, on yeah. the food, on the everything, in the everything. hopes that you'll get a call back, and yeah. that call back won't be five more callbacks. Right. So that you can get a single gig to offset those costs. And one of the things that has kept me in the game, I guess, was booking that touring show when I was 11, because it did happen, and right. then you were off, you know? And, and then I got a couple of uh, Baltimore gigs, like I was on an episode of Homicide Life on the Street. This is a good story. Uh, with Elijah Wood, this is, hold on, this is a great story because I played a kid who killed an African-American kid, and it was a race killing on the show, and Elijah Wood was the one that got me to do it, 
And th- we filmed this, and it came out in September, my first week of high school. Oh! And I'm walking down the hallway, and a guy turns around and says, Hey, you're the guy that killed that black kid in front of a hallway full of students. And in my face— Like, who was playing a record? I just yeah. heard it scratch. Yeah. The telephone the... stopped ringing, right. all noise quiet. Yeah. Right. And I just hold—I mean, I went whiter than I already am, just <laughs> paled out. And then he laughed. And again, that dude became a friend, and we joked about it. Right. But I talked to, A, Alan Taylor was the director of that episode, who, Game of Thrones director, directed Thor 2. Working for Nerdist, met him at a junket. And uh, Dan Casey, an amazing dude over at Nerdist, I was camera operating. And Dan was interviewing Alan and said, hey, I just got to point this out. You directed my camera operator in an episode of Homicide. And I'm like, Dan, he's not going to remember. And Alan was like, oh, no, 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 no. I very much remember. That was one of my first gigs after school, and I was Terrified. He must have been mortified. Yeah. He's like, anything that went well was so soothing to me. He's like, I remember the kids being great. I remember Elijah being great. You know, and I remember everything else that went wrong. He's like, but you and the kids that were in it were so helpful. And then I went up to Elijah Wood at a Comic Con party, and I had had a few drinks, but I didn't go up to him like, Hey, hey remember when you got me to kill that black kid? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Then there would have really been a record scratch. Yeah. He would have stopped DJing. But I went up to him and I said, I know this is funny and weird. We were in an episode of Homicide together and I just wanted to say what's up. And he, granted, is a sweetheart, so he may have just been being nice. But he was sure. like, I remember. I loved it. Baltimore. Oh, my gosh. What a great experience. Well, you're out here now? What are you doing? You know, I work for Nerd. Oh, that's so cool. So, yeah. Please so. stop spilling your Midori Sour on my turntables. Yeah, exactly. Could you please not? <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. This is Ableton. This is a nice setup. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, so it was, uh, it was uh, growing up in Maryland and doing the kid actor thing and then going into – to film school in New York that cemented the, oh, this is my, it's the only thing I can do. It's a sweet trajectory, man, to have a yeah. taste of it, to be able to escape from regular, you know, well, I was going to say regular, but it, I would, it sounds like slightly amplified junior high school and yeah. high school experiences, to be able to escape that world with a small group of friends, yeah. to be the nerd that you wanted to be, right, and to have a passion that would let you be insular with that notebook or behind that right. camera and yes. get that separation. Yeah. It's amazing that you're able to take that and carry that with you. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And I, even to this day, there's days where what I'm shooting or producing is just something that that 15-year-old would have been obsessed with. Sure. I mean, we did a sketch the other week that was just about how the thing from the Fantastic Four has no dick. And you're trading emails back and forth. Like, so what's the button on this? I mean, are we going to see the dick? Because sculpting the dick is going to cost this much more. I feel like I was at Nerdist. When we were working on this? When, yeah, because someone came into a room and they had a sketch. And they're like, this is just what – it was like some, some artist had like a preliminary sketch and it didn't show anything. It was like pixelated. Maybe. But then – because there was oh. a definite discussion of like superhero dick. Yeah. And what was okay to show. It may have been another superhero though. Well, or it may have been when we were crafting the thumbnail for that sketch. Right. And we were like, do we blur out the dick? Is the blur dick-shaped? And there's many times a week where I just think, this is, this is great. Yeah. It's great that that's my concern for today. Well, and I like that you got to do the, uh, the origin story uh, yeah. bit as well. That was great. For those who haven't seen it, it's still available on Nerdist, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, watch it's on it. the .com and it's the YouTube channel. It's you doing basically a Mad Lib with yeah. people at conventions, and they give you random words, phrases, whatever, and you have a, uh, a professional artist sketch what that hero looks like. Yes. Then you would go out and have a cosplayer make you that costume, and then you do a little mini button on it, a nice right. little... A little self-contained story yeah. of that superhero. Yeah. I'm sure you know when you attend enough of these cons and expos, it gets hard to cover it 
in a way that's exciting or interesting. And so I just thought, well, if you know, if I'm going to be there and, and we got to get a package out of it, what would be the most fun? And I like all those things. I like all the artists that are there. I like the cosplayers, and and I like doing things guerrilla style. So I knew that would involve a lot of like, hey, there's a Loki. We need a Loki for this bit and doing all that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was a lot of fun. It's a fun way to go through a con because it, it's almost like doing a treasure hunt. You have to just right. uncover every stone right. to get those things shot. Oh yeah, you mean you don't want to see the vinyl toys that Mattel has at the DC booth again? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like oh, I get, I get it. Totally. It's cool for collectors, but when yeah. you covered it five, six, for ten sure. years in a row, yeah. Go, okay, it's another vinyl thing. What I else? Know. What else is there? So exactly. I think you tapped a very rich vein because that was cool. a fun series to watch. Thank you. Yeah. So. What the hell is happening with digital media, with comedy on the web? I mean, I know these are 10,000-foot questions, but everything is sure. everything is shaking up right now. People yeah. have been saying it for years. It's really happening now. Right. You're in a very interesting position where you're a, a jack-of-all-trades, making content for an outlet that is in many ways seen as the forefront of a lot of that stuff. Right. What What is going on from your perspective? What What? what help me help myself. Right. Help me with an empire build here. <laughs> You know, it's all still in a way new to me. I feel like I've learned so much in the two years that I've been uh, at Nerdist where really having to think about, I used to just, I had an idea, I'd shoot it. You know, maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. And when you're, and I I, I love, you know, dealing with other people's money. It forces you to cross, cross check everything. And it's not always a bad thing to think of, okay, but what are the numbers? Who, who's ready to receive this content? Mm-hmm. How do we know there's an audience for this? Um, but it is a balance to then also not lose the creative spirit of, oh, I know I know the last thing we did that had this topic didn't do well. That doesn't mean we should never do that topic right. again. It just means don't do that topic in that way again. Right. Come up with a new yeah. take. But it's, it's weird because I uh, – I always thought I wouldn't have to care about YouTube or wouldn't have to care about uh, the internet as far as content. I thought I was I thought I was still in the camp of filmmakers that were going to kind of break before that was the mandate. But and you know, so much so I was like, I'm not going to have a YouTube channel. I'm not a YouTuber. Blah 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 blah. I'm not going to. I don't need a. I don't need my own camera. Like if we're going to shoot something, we'll, it'll be a. We'll rent stuff and we'll get a proper film production. But I've realized probably later than most people that no no i'm very much in the generation of people that need to understand this landscape so i've tried very hard and i it's weird because when i started delving into internet content um a lot of it was well, well it doesn't this is not coming from nerdist this is even coming from when i used to do music videos for bands well it doesn't have to look good it's just going to be on youtube so so everything can kind of be shitty because you think, well, the production could be a blue wall and a potted plant. Um, and then I was directing music videos when the OK Go music video broke. And then that was one of the first times I, I was, as a director, given the, the this was the only directive I was given from a record label. Viral. Well, it's just got to be viral. Okay, <laughs> Go but make me what? one of those virals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's getting them. Yeah. Go get me one of those. Yeah. And, you know, send me the OK Go video as an example. I, I've seen that video a million yeah. fucking times. Yeah, that's what we want. We want everybody yeah. to see the video. Exactly. Go get me that. Go get it. Yeah. So I, then I, I had to start thinking, okay, viral. So what's shareable? What's viral? But then I did a music video that was like one take and had all these feats to it that kind of should have been should have made it shareable mm-hmm. didn't get didn't get shared right it, I d- yeah, it, it had a cat on a Roomba that was lip dubbing right, all of the lyrics exactly yeah that should have been a million views right there yeah I feel like there's just you're constantly chasing this ghost and I don't know 
when I, and this is probably a bad thing to come from a person that creates content, but I don't know. I don't know what. Nobody does. Because everything, I did an interview for a small media outlet when we were shooting something on these really great sets at YouTube. And I could tell the interviewer was, was kind of leading. They were saying, don't you think if, if there were more cool sets like this and everything just looked a little better, people would shoot more, they'd create more, and it would all start to look like the kind of content that you see on HBO or Hulu or Amazon or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, no, more production value all the time, more production value. But that doesn't always equal views. But I think the less we're, the less internet is internet and TV is TV, and the more it's all just the same thing, doesn't everything kind of need to look better because we're we have it's already got to meet in the middle and i think that's kind of where we are right is, is like, it there's a time and a place for every type of content right right there's a time and a place where the blue screen and the potted plant works totally okay because right. that's all that bit needs or that's all that piece needs it's when you're trying to do the blue screen and the plant and do an epic space opera right you know or yeah. an, an action thriller and then you're shooting it on your gopro and that's yeah. it but even that is getting good enough now but right there's a time and a place where production quality matters and there's a yeah. time and a place where it doesn't i have been on uh, my name was attached to a project that was of, tr of the train wreck of all train wrecks yeah. you could hear the derailment happening <laughs> from miles away and it was terrible and it was a simple concept, a great concept, but so much money was put into production value and lights right. and grids and we'll have sparks and flames and all that. The concept needed none of that. Right. Needed, didn't need an ounce of that. And so much attention was paid to graphics and sound cues and all this. And it was like, yeah. oh, it didn't matter at all. Right. The core product didn't need it. It had to be more, that had to be entertaining. Right. So I think. Time and that's it. And that's at every level, though. When you think about it, I, my mind is, is blown. You know, when I was a kid, I thought, when I'm, I don't know how to describe my weird way of thinking but i thought so if a, if a movie gets made at some point there's been this stamp that says oh it's a movie now it's right. a movie so the final product you're about to see was everything working everyone at firing on all cylinders and, and a lot of people, how else does it get released yeah, I yeah. Mean, how else do they give it permission to be right. on a big screen and be in a vhs sleeve yeah i just thought there were these perfect perfect things that were crafted somewhere far far away and then as you grow up, especially as you grow up working in the industry, you realize you know, all these things are a bunch of people just trying to figure shit out every day. Yeah. And sometimes just the way I would turn in a music video edit or show my family a sketch I did over the weekend with all these caveats of, well, you know, I, that's going to be a different thing. and I'm going to put a different song in there. That's the same for fucking Fantastic Four. It's the Avatar. Same. Right. Every frame of Avatar has like five people who fucked up in it. Right, exactly. And it's Avatar. It's right. James Cameron putting right. a stamp on it. But you know he goes like, oh, I wish that shot wasn't so of shaky course. there. Uh, that sound cue should have been a little sweeter. Man, right. that, why doesn't that alien look a little more fuckable? Right, exactly. Why don't we just tweak it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just fuckability I wish I wanted to fuck that alien more. It was more. the first thing he told me with the, the design of the Navi. Wait, are you serious? Dead serious. I thought that was just a, oh, No, no, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. Dead serious. He, he used the term... Fuckable? Yes, he did. That's he amazing. absolutely did. He was like, he said on air, he said it's someone that you want to have sex with. He's like, yeah. I said, but but before the, before we actually went live, it was one of the first things. I was like, design of the Navi. I was like, I've never wanted to have like maybe Smurfette aside. I've never yes. wanted my penis inside of something so blue. Right. And maybe like the third backup percussionist for the Blue Man Group. Yeah, it was yeah. phenomenal. At for the sure. But I make I made some sex jokes and he was like, it's the first thing I told the department. I was like, don't show me any designs unless they're fuckable. That's amazing. And that's how great James Cameron is. Yeah. He's like, we're going to make a space epic, but dudes have got to want to put their penis in <laughs> Right, <laughs> right. Well, and then it happens in the movie. So, you right. know, it's got to. I mean, I don't hilarious. care about an obtainium, and I don't care about the crazy tree that yeah, you put yeah, your braids yeah. into. I just want to know, can I fuck it? Exactly. <laughs> Do I want to? Yeah. 
That's amazing. But, there, but I think you're, it's so right. Everything feels so precious, but every frame of everything has, right. it's, you know, just like no good projects are ever actually finished. They're just abandoned. Right. You're like, well, it's due. Or I exactly. guess this is what it needs to be. It's never this yeah. is perfect. This is exactly, but it never, you never yeah. really hit that. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and I'm not like even throwing uh, something like Fantastic Four under the bus because if anything, working where I work and just working on project after project, you realize, you know, I've read so many articles deconstructing what went wrong and where, and none of us will ever know unless we were the people involved, but it is wrong to place the blame solely on any one person. I, I would imagine, right. even if everything is true about the director's behavior and all this stuff, it's like, it is so hard to get a, a fucking three-minute sketch done right. And anyone that doesn't work in production doesn't get that. Right. There's a million things I can point out in everything I've ever done, and there's a reason it didn't work. And some of it is lack of foresight. I'll take ownership over a lot. I'll say, you know... Got to be honest, I, I should have had these people do audition tapes. I shouldn't have cast off headshots, but we didn't have time. But that wasn't a corner I should have cut. Whatever. And I'll take ownership. But there's so much that's just impossible to control. Well, especially with a 75 mil plus movie. Yeah. You might think, well, that makes everything easy. You got all the money in the world, right. so you don't have problems like casting off headshots. You can have the casting session. But right. that comes with so much red tape, yeah. so much oversight, yeah. so many people breathing down your neck, getting right. their say because they're cutting you a giant, comically oversized check. Right. You have no idea where the wrenches were in yeah. that machine. Well, yeah, and it's like doing a budget for a $5,000 music video is the same for doing a budget for a, a branded project that has a lot of money behind it. You're still just signing. The concept grows as the budget grows. It's not like... They had $75 million to make a little indie. You know, that is then, then maybe everything should go sure. according to plan. Yeah. But right, but everything else is then exponentially bigger. So in, in essence, the money is smaller. The money is right. smaller. Or exactly this. It's all parity. Or it's just all the, it's yeah, all the yeah, same. Yeah. Right. It's all the same at that point. Yeah. So now this is my, because I'm, I'm not up on the, on the geek news by yeah. any stretch. What was going on with the Fantastic Four director? Well. Allegedly. 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 And, I, and as a director myself, I have this curiosity of could I handle getting thrown into to a situation where it's a, a known property, there's a million eyes on it, mm -hmm. there's this much money. Of course, I'd by like... By default, by the way, the, most of the audience thinks it's going to fail and suck. Right, exactly. Which is the case with that franchise specifically. Exactly. But also, most most nerds are, are jaded by default, I think. Yes. There's for, a handful that sure. are, but there you go. And I also know that I'm the type, my personality would be... I'd, I'd fucking, you know, well, now rebooting Howard the Duck is cool, and it happened. But if, if you gave me that challenge, I'd be like, yeah, I'll fucking, I'll fucking do it, and it'll be the best fucking movie. I know I'd have that. Um, I don't know if that's ego, but I definitely would have that. I'd get a vision for it. Sure. You know, if I was being called to the, uh, to the charge. So I think it's cool to attempt that, and maybe it took someone young and wide-eyed to believe it was possible. But then as a director, I do think, isn't there a certain... <laughs> You grow with each project, and you understand how a film production works, just down to whose job it is to do what. And I, I see a lot of – back in the day, you kind of grew with the industry. Mm -hmm. And you, you know, Spielberg made so many movies and grew with technology, whereas now technology, it's so it, – you, you could go from something that – required no visual effects to something that was 90% visual effects. Entirely on green screen. Yeah, you just and, don't and, get to see any of it. And there's no, and yeah. I'm not specifically saying Trank or anyone like that, but for some directors, they may not, there may not be any experience in between 
And I do look at that and think, well, God, is that going to go well? Because mm-hmm. so many decisions that I make on small web productions, they're, the, they're made out of because of experience. And it's, uh, no, I know how this went last time. Right. So this is how we're doing it this time. We're working with an experienced DP that can say, no, 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 we ha- we, there's no time for this because I've been in this situation before. So part of me wonders, sure, was it that a lot of things happened that the captain of the ship hadn't experienced before? But I won't make that judgment because I don't know. But supposedly, on top of whatever problems there were with the studio, there was just erratic behavior from the director. And all of this is hearsay. And I, I would like... We'll quick, put a giant asterisk put over a this giant whole thing. Asterisk. We'll just replace this whole thing with tone. Yes, Bars and tone. Yeah, just done. Keep it all out. But was he like throwing lights at actors? Was he Supposedly there drunk was, and in a trailer? Was he what was he doing? There's a mixture of everything. There's a okay. mixture of some some rumors say he was falling asleep on set or or some people say no no, he was drunk on set or high on set or obsessive Howard Hughes level seclusion where he would tent off video village. And and watch every no frame and not allow any right, and then direct actors on how many breaths they could take on a line, you know. But I sometimes am accused of being obsessive, but a lot of that's because of my history as an editor. I I may want something this much quicker, and it sounds crazy. Or obviously, right. like God, I wish I could ever in my lifetime be compared to David Fincher. But so much of what he's accused of if he wasn't a genius, would just be maniacal. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how much of this to just throw out because maybe he's just a really talented director and something kind of went off course. But then there are rumors that he did damage to the house that he was staying in. He had dogs, and, and the dogs tore up a lot of stuff. Oh, I did and, read something about that. Yeah, and, yeah, and, th- yeah. and then he, I guess he was just kind of like, yeah, fuck off to whoever's house it was. Right. I don't know. Okay, I so just, who knows? Yeah, who but- knows? But, um, but then, you know, when the reviews started coming out, tweeted that tweet that said, you know, a year ago, and I'm paraphrasing, I had a fantastic movie to show everyone, and you'll regretfully, you'll never see it. Right. And the reviews would have been wonderful. Uh, and so I, and I know, again, as a director who has never had that amount of responsibility placed on him, I still know that there, there are times where the thing was almost perfect, it was almost great, and stuff out of, out of your control happened, and yeah. it's not going to be that thing, you know? Uh, so there's so many stories of the Camerons and the Tarantinos of the world having to put their foot down. Mike Myers got labeled impossible to work right. with for many years because he would go to battle with the studios over it's got to be Bohemian Rhapsody that we sing in the car. And they go, well, listen, right. Mike, fuck you. We're writing the check. Right. It's going to be this song from this new artist. And that's what you're going to sing in the car. And right. he'd say, well, I walk. Right. I walk then. I walk from this whole project and you consume me. He had to go to that level right. over what song is going to be sung in a car, and what song do we all know now because of Wayne's World? Right, you know, exactly. Which we all should have known anyways because Queen was absolutely I know, I know. mind-blowingly amazing. Right. But it's because he was willing to throw the juice box against the wall yeah. and be difficult, and not everybody has that luxury, especially when right. they're starting out, and especially right. when they're staring down big studios and yeah. giant internet masses. So I, I, can, I, I don't know him. I don't know that situation, right. but I can certainly understand having a seed of brilliance and watching everybody else Water that with toxic chemicals. Exactly. Just kill your little baby before it even sprouts. Or, and I apologize if I'm burping into the mic, but or, we're not hearing it, so it's go, <laughs> you go for it. Um, or ha- having a vision or having an opinion and then being labeled uh, before you're Tarantino and before you have anything to back it up, being labeled an auteur. Right. Or being labeled like, well, you know, too big for his britches. Yeah, real difficult, that one. Real yeah, difficult. yeah, real difficult. Just difficult. Like, well, but 
I want to make the thing, and I feel like making the thing is going to require sticking to these things. But you, if you're fighting for something before you have the reputation, that's really difficult. But then how do you get the reputation <laughs> if you don't make the things that really reflect your vision? Right. And, and I, yeah, and then there's always the— I was on the set of my own pilot the other day that I created, mm-hmm. wrote, we're shooting the thing. And it was very clear that what was being shot – and the, bu- the director is a good friend of mine. Yeah. And it was clear that what we shot wasn't enough, and they wanted to move on to get a beautiful gym sweeping shot of the blah, blah, blah. And I, I go, listen, I, I actually I, – I, and I like was apologizing mm-hmm. on my own set for my own project, but apologizing for saying, I need you to shoot more. I need you to shoot these specific things. I need these people to say this, that, and the other right. because I know how this is going to edit together. Right. This is a montage. It's an in-the-field thing. But I felt so shitty for making a request of yeah. what I absolutely needed, all of which made it into the final cut. Right. So it's like, on one hand, it's like, oh, vindication. Thank God I was there to pump the brakes and say, hey, guys, we need to film X, Y, and Z or else right. we're screwed. On the other hand, how do I know that the DP or the whoever else was on set that day, the DIT, isn't going like, was like God, that fucking, fucking producer yeah. came tromping on into yeah. our great set and was like, hold the phone, everybody. Right. We need to get this because they don't know. Right. They don't know. So I could have easily yeah. been labeled that. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. What? What is that? A second sponsor? Oh, yes. It's worth interrupting for my friends because we have a brand new sponsor to the Pointless Podcast today. And I am happy to announce that it is, in fact, DraftKings. You guys know DraftKings. If you don't know DraftKings, well, then maybe that's a good thing they bought the spot. But go to DraftKings.com. What's going to happen at DraftKings.com? Oh, Let me tell you, my friends, if you know anything about sports, first and foremost, you know more than I do. (laughs) But here's what I do know. There's only a few more preseason games to go before regular season kicks off, okay? And you can start the season, this season, by winning $2 million in week one at DraftKings.com. They are America's favorite one-week fantasy football site, and it is the biggest fantasy football contest ever literally just got an email from a friend asking me if i was going to participate and by the way the reply is going to be yes that was me typing yes and sending a few other digits 10 million dollars in prizes are up for grabs including 2 million for first place and 1 million for second place Uh, one week fantasy means that there's no season-long commitment. So you don't got to go pick your players or let a parrot do that for you by whatever Cheerios it plucks off a newspaper. You can every week try a new thing. You just pick your players, you pile up the points, and then you pick up your cash. That's it. Look, you've never experienced football like this. I, I am not, as you know, a giant sportsman. I just never have been. But I'll tell you what, when there's something on the line, like cold hard cheddar, oh, you tend to get a little bit more interested. It works. It happens. You'll leap up from a couch or you'll throw a hot wing across the bar because you have got something riding on each and every play. And as they say, football is a game about touching downs and moving that chain inch by inch, okay? Every period. That's what they do. So if you want to get in on it, every game can feel like the playoffs even in week one, all right? This isn't fantasy, as usual. No, 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 my friends. This is... Draft Kings. And as I like to say, welcome to the big time. Here's how it works. Go to DraftKings.com. Use the promo code KEVIN. That's me. That's my name. Kevin. K-E-V-I-N. 
I'm saying that mostly for my Portuguese grandmother who still can't put it correctly on a Christmas card. Go to DraftKings.com, use the promo code KEVIN, and that will let you play free for a shot at $2 million in the Week 1 Millionaire Maker Challenge. Go to DraftKings.com, use the promo code KEVIN, try it out for free. You've got nothing to lose. In fact, you have 2 million reasons to go and do this. You have everything to gain and everything to win. So try it out. If you're into it, great. If you've never done it, let me know your experience. Tweet it to me, at Attack. I am very, very curious. Again, that's DraftKings.com. Use the promo code Kevin. In the meantime, here's the rest of the Pointless Podcast. And I, I'm also a realist, and I know that all of my ideas don't work. Right. But I, but I also have to have a certain amount of faith in my ideas. And, uh, and, and, and in a weird way... You know, and this is not not to compare any of my sketches to really great works of like Edgar Allan Poe. Do it, but do uh, it. I'm Poe the is mod- a hack. I'm the modern day Poe. No, it's about uh, time someone yeah. said it in that voice. Exactly, <laughs> I'm the modern day Poe. Um, no, but something could work and be a good thing, but not be seen, and that's a really hard thing to cope with. So does does that then mean that my my ideas that exist in this thing? Like, for instance, we'll go down a rabbit hole. I made a film three years ago that was two takes sewn together. Is this the GoPro one? Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. And, uh, and uh, I, you know, I, 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 I'm not saying it's the, it's the greatest movie, but it is, it's some kind of achievement just technically. And I jumped off a fucking bridge in the middle of the movie, you know? I'm wearing a GoPro. And again, none of that makes it a good movie. But... There's so much wrapped up in that film that I feel like kind of like deserves attention. And it did quantifiably did not get the attention I thought it would deserve. And that's a really hard thing to reconcile. So is that thing shit or is it still a really good thing? And one day people will watch it and say, well, why didn't you why didn't everybody like that thing? Or, you know, is the value just depleted because it wasn't recognized? And then that causes such doubt. Is like I said, I'm a realist. I know I can no longer say this is my fucking idea. And guess what? If you fucking do it, it's gonna be big. Because I know there's plenty of ideas that I love. Right. That they don't. They work. Yeah. You slipped into Brett Ratner right there too, by the way. Because yeah, yeah. that's what that sounded like. <laughs> right. Like that is full. I've, like guys, listen. I know exactly what's gonna pop. Yeah. Follow me. Let's go. And I've never had that. I've never had that energy as a director. I know what I want mm-hmm. and I have it clearly in my mind, but there's always that understanding that, yeah, but who knows if it'll all work? Right. This is what I think is going to work. And I have You're to not move rubber stamp on that. guaranteeing everybody involved that if we do this, yeah, here's fucking it's going to go viral, guys. That yeah. viral you wanted is going to happen. Totally. You're not doing that. I never have that confidence right. ever. Well, do you feel like, I mean, do you feel like that movie was bad or that it was a failure because it did not get? the attention that a, a, a bit, an Onyx bit would get? <laughs> um, no, I, 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 don't... I mean, I'm asked cause I've, I've, I've genuinely felt that way about things yeah. where I've done a thing and I'm like, I love this thing. Right. I love this thing that I did. It was pure. It's honest. It's real. It's yeah. amazing. Let's put it out there. Poof. Exactly. Oh, I'm yeah. a failure. <laughs> yeah. That thing was shit. Right. But maybe it wasn't. No, maybe. it was. I felt I so great about it. I know. And now I'm allowing attention or popularity to dictate right. quality. It's hard because I've also, again, as a director, you grow so much technically. So it's hard to just not look at something and say, oh, well, yes, technically that could have been better. Technically, the film's called Worm. Yeah, technically, there were things we could have done better to make that just a more polished piece. 
But at the same time, you know, there's so much fucking heart in it. And I've seen shittier things heralded right. and celebrated. That's what I can't reconcile. And I don't know. I mean, if I'm being honest, sure, it bugs me all the time, you know. Yeah. But that's also what drives you because I place an expectation on something. And I believe, well, then I'm going to do it because that's going to happen. You kind of have to constantly be tricking yourself. But then, yeah, you cannot just see everything that didn't reach its fullest, fullest potential as a waste of time. That's, you know, you can't do that. You have to somehow I mean, see can, it as you can. You'll end up in a bathtub you can. covered in your own blood and Jack Daniels. Right, exactly. But you, you can. You can. You probably shouldn't, though. Probably shouldn't, <laughs> yeah. And so I've just been trying to train myself, yeah, to see uh, everything. Because everything is still experience. Right. And I know that sounds cliche, but it is still experience. I still have stuff that I learned from making that movie that will inform anything else I do. For the rest of your career. For the rest Absolutely. of my career. Um, but yeah, it's hard to not not devalue it when it doesn't reach that level of celebration. I want to submit to those who are watching now. You have like another five minutes. Is that okay? Yeah. Uh, if you guys are watching and you have a question, feel free to fire away. Uh, Alex is we're in the all, old chat. We're all set to go. If you oh, want. you've already got? We've been pulling. Oh, we've already got the question. Do you mind taking some cues? Yeah, I'll take some cues. From the audience? Yeah. Perfect. Fire away, Alex. Uh, Ogdrin asks... Oh, sorry. My mic is in my own... Yeah, no, it sounds like... Yeah, Uh, it's like you're micing from within. Ogdrin, how do you deal with writer's block when it happens to you? Ooh, the blinking cursor, the death stare. Do Um, you go to the Starbucks across the street and hope that their soundtrack motivates you more? exactly. Oh, man, it's hard. I feel the hardest thing recently has been... Again, going back to that realism thing is, yeah, I can write this thing. When I was a kid, I'd write any script. I'd write, I'd write a script that I didn't realize I'd never make. That will never be made. Do, I, do you know how hard it would ever be to get that produced? That's the hardest thing for me is I can write something if there is an immediate, I can see the route it will take. Right. So hey, this Friday, we need a bit. It's exactly. Monday. Start writing. Yeah. This will see the light of day. And I know there's still writer's block in those scenarios, but it's a lot easier to just fucking just start. Just start. And well, I what guess, is your what is your just start? Let me let me go there because I want to. I think yeah. this is a question that comes up a lot when we have for writers, sure. and it comes up for me every time. I'm too scared to open up Google Docs. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like totally. I know I can write, yeah. but I keep forgetting that until I do it. That for me, it's it's the realization that I get whenever I start something that oh, it's almost like you 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 get men in black. You get your mind gets erased. You don't understand what happens when you write if you just start. Is that that's when the next idea comes. And I get paralyzed by, well, I don't see the hole right now. So I'll, I'll wait. I'll start writing once I see the hole and, the, and, and I, the, the piece in its entirety. And it's great to have outlines and it's great to know the destination. I'm big on endings. Endings have to matter. You know, the ending usually comes before the beginning. But you just have to start anything. Interior, coffee shop. That's not going to be a fucking coffee shop. Well, then what is it? Well, it's like it's a warehouse. Oh, well, then warehouse. It just start writing the wrong thing. Dare I got? I it's get, you're almost like backseat driving your own script as sure. you're doing it. Like really, that's what you just wrote. Smack on the back. Exactly. Of the head. Yeah, Change yeah, that. Yeah. Make that better. Right. Okay. But you needed that down to see it. Yes. And that's something important to understand: is write the wrong thing. Write fucking 15 pages in the wrong direction. It's not a waste if if that made you realize how to course correct. I've written shit and it's been you know 60 pages of something, and then I realized, oh no, that's the third act. Fuck me. I'm at the ending too soon. All right. And then you have to move everything. But I wouldn't have gotten there. And I also think being an editor has... Uh, I feel the same way sitting down to edit a project the way I do writing a project. Is, yeah, well, how the fuck is, all, is this all going to fit together? Just start. Make the first decision. Okay, I guess we'll start with the wide shot. 
No, no, it needs to be a close-up. Oh, well, at least now you've realized it's not the wide. Right. But just make any decision. I get paralyzed when I... Uh, names, you know? What I name is Daryl. Daryl, that's his name? That's a fucking bullshit <laughs> name. Like, I get, what? Bria all the time is writing anything. a thing, and she's shouting from the kitchen. She's like, what would an IT guy be named? And I'm yeah. like, Bill. No, Bill? You're like, right, right, right. Well, you asked. Right. What, what name would you... Tom? No. Is it, yeah. It doesn't matter, it's actually. Like, oh, no. I, I know a guy named Tom, and Tom's not into IT stuff. <laughs> what? That doesn't matter? Yeah. I guarantee you there are thousands of Toms and Bills in IT right. across the country. Right. There are. What do you want? The but, precedent has been set. But put something down. That's, that's great. Put something put down. Something Don't be down. afraid to use the backspace key yeah. and correct it, right. but put something down. Put something down, even if it just shows you what you weren't supposed to do. I've done that with blog posts where... Um, when I was blogging more frequently, and I'd sit there and be, I would literally type, I don't know what to write. Right. Because I'm a failure. Right, yeah. And why do I feel like I'm a failure right now? Because I don't know what to write. And it would just be right. like paragraph after paragraph of the most like self-harm, whatever. But then I'd get to the core of something of the moment of why I don't feel like I can't write a thing. Or right. why I don't feel like I should be writing a thing. And that would inspire the topic. And then whoop, I would delete the page of self-loathing hot topic yeah. bullshit. My, sure. my Papa Roach lyrics go on a shelf for later, <laughs> yeah. and you're right. And it Cut leads my to, life in. Yeah. Yeah. Now I know. I'm writing about exactly. my last resort. <laughs> yeah. Alex, what else we got? Uh, MC2157 said- oh, There's a robot in the room. He's going to ask you Perfect. for a firmware update. Mm. So if you could just shout binary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just shout code. Am I like Bill a or am I- handshake. Handshake. You're Tim. Okay. And you're going to shout some code. Uh, I have a robot question then. Which CGI cartoon character do you find fuckable? Ooh. Oh, man. This is- yeah. And Navi's off the table. Navi's off the table. CG's difficult because I will admit to, I feel like I have all the building blocks to be a furry. Uh, specifically a furry that's interested in the sexual side of furry. Yiffing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I have all the building blocks because I have a crush on Maid Marian from Robin Hood, the Disney Robin Hood. Like that's there. I get it. But I also get that they, she's attractive. She's hot. Um, it's not my fault, you know, or, uh, is it gadget hack? That's like you apologizing for liking Jessica rabbit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm it's, like, come no, on. It was designed that way. Yeah. Gadget hack wrench. Is that the character from, uh, uh, oh my God. Rescue Rangers. Pull it up? Oh, is that the female? The, yeah. The female, chipmunk? uh, mechanic from yeah. Rescue Rangers. Yeah. I don't know about CGI though. CGI fuckable. But I like, CGI so you would go with, fuckable. with the, the Chippendales, the female yeah, mechanic from Chippendales. For sure. Okay. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. CGI Having crushes tougher. on cartoon characters is just well within my Would you like house. want to fist Jar Jar? Oh my gosh. Like where would we yeah, go? I'm trying to get sure. CG here. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's done. do it. Let's do it. Let's, uh, so update the wiki guys. Cause it's been said you can cite this yeah, interview. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Has a keen interest in fisting Jar Jar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I know that's not CG. Oh yeah. Oh, put it away. I don't know if you see uh, it. Yeah. Uh. So a friend of mine, a writer at Nerdist, actually commissioned an art piece of me and Gadget Hack Wrench in a very inappropriate scenario. Yeah. Yeah. And I have it in my office. Oh, so good. Yeah. Is it the kind of thing that would pop up on YouPorn as like a banner ad? Oh, yeah. Next yes. thing, it would blink. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I did, yeah, I didn't know Scooby Doo had that interest in Daphne. Yeah. It's always like it is always it's always like Marge Simpson with a giant dick into yeah. the mouth of Stewie. Right. And you're just like, well, ugh, you're like, why? I don't know. I guess I'll masturbate to this. Yeah. But I, okay. It's just such a weird. I don't know that those things needed to. <laughs> but they cross do. They pollinate. combine. It's a, it's yeah. a weird mashup. All right. What else we got, Alex? Let's do like one or two more if we've got some good ones. Uh, Lunas Badman said for Bowser, creepiest story you've heard on Bizarre States. Ooh. Out of all of them. Yes. Your well, podcast with Jessica Chobot. Yes. Um, this isn't a story. Well, well, 
we had a story recently. There's two. We had a story recently that was a personal experience of just someone who is a a paranormal expert that does a lot of EVP recording. That basically she she feels like she brought a ghost home one night. She brought a spirit home. Someone tailed her. Yeah, and you're supposed to go through. There's pretty in, intense prescribed rituals for cleansing yourself if you have been in an environment where you're looking for ghosts or communicating with ghosts. And she admittedly had not done any of the cleansing before Just going to like home. like rub a certain crystal and put some sage around yeah, you. Yeah, burning things sage. Okay. And, and I don't know if they call them prayers, but definitely speaking certain things. Right. You know, stay here. Thank you for talking to us. We're leaving now. And right. forgive us if we've Dip offended you. Dip your chin you. in butane. Light <laughs> yeah. it. Fan it off really right, right. quick, Fan it off though, real, real quick. quick. Yeah, real quick. Uh, but she admitted to not doing any of that. And then at home had a really intense paranormal encounter where remembering correctly walls were shaking things were falling off shelves just a real like i think she thought it was an earthquake right but then her mother in the main house had not felt anything um but uh, there's a story in that documentary the nightmare that is really intense and the nightmare if anybody hasn't seen it is about sleep paralysis people seeing shadow people oh yeah at the foot of their bed yeah well that's a common thing that people see when they're sleep when the sleep paralysis kicks in, they actually imagine like an old woman sitting on their chest. It's like yeah. a common thing. The old hag. The old yeah. hag, yeah. Yeah. A lot of people experience the pressure on the chest, something pushing down on them. I've experienced that in a in a nightmare, but it felt like I was awake kind of situation. But, um, but there's a story in the nightmare documentary where uh, a man is sleeping next to a woman, and he opens his eyes and sees a demonic figure standing above him um, speaking in, I guess, what sounded like a demonic tongue. Didn't make sense. It wasn't in English. And had glowing red eyes. And the girl next to him opened her eyes and saw a vision of a black cat on his chest with red eyes also speaking. But she could understand what it was saying. And I forget what it was, but it was something like, we are here, or... Or uh, you should leave, or something like that. Or hey, that shit was laced, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so it was interesting to me that they both saw visions that right. kind of communicated the same thing, but were different manifestations. In their own way, but yeah, right. Yeah. But they were both focused on him. The cat was looking at him, and in his vision, the, the demon was looking at him. And uh, I don't like this story. Well, th- there's a good button to it that makes it less scary. My friend and nerdist writer Jess Lane portrayed the woman in the reenactment in the documentary yeah so it automatically makes it less scary okay yeah that disarms now it. when i watch it i see that it's my friend jess but in the documentary it's terrifying that's the a terrifying story yes yes the reenactments are really well done too that's kind of the hook of the, documentary. the nightmare mm-hmm. okay I believe it's on amazon Ooh. prime oh. <laughs> i don't like that i don't yeah. like it i don't like it's it creepy yeah that's real creepy it's good stuff all right you got one more alex uh I have a question, actually. Oh, wow. so, Alex is gonna. It's gadget hack wrench. Yeah. I've answered this yeah, question already. already. <laughs> oh, never mind. Then. He wants oh, a copy okay. of that sketch. <laughs> yeah. What the? What is the position exactly? Oh, okay. I'll tell you right now. She's using a wrench. Okay. All night. Yep. Yep. Okay. Go ahead. Um, on like the shaft part or the on, like, Alex, you're qu- a, a different question, Alex. Uh, it was just a bulge. So you you described yourself as a more classical uh, creator, you know, film and stuff like that, and then you said that. You were initially maybe a little bit reluctant to move into the space of YouTube, and then you found yourself creating for that and really embracing it. How do you feel about 
the internet moving to live streaming and Twitch and YouTube Live? And do, does that give you any inspiration to create for it? Or are, do you still not feel anything towards it? Or how no. do you feel about No, actually, I, I, my mind always thinks in narrative. So I always think, yeah, what could you do? What's like a great live stream narrative? Right. What's a play that you could film in that way? But uh, there's cameras all over the house. Or what's the giving away kind of a cool idea what's the horror movie that could be made that's pieced together from that that you do live on the air um and again this movie worm that was my inspiration was theater like once you're in it it was supposed to be one take but the gopro overheated so we had to splice um but that you know that was the inspiration was it's live once you're in it you're in it right and um no i so i think there i just go to what what narratively could you do that could only exist in that medium or that would just exist best in that medium because there's not you could make so rather than being platform averse now you yeah. go okay how can what what would be the way I would exploit this right instead of saying oh, well, I, don't, I want my sketch to be six pages long they want it to be three because it's the internet no one clicks on instead of complaining about that what is the good three minute idea or what's the good minute and a half if idea? you can write a good sixty page idea you could probably crank out a great three page idea yeah exactly yeah and just kind of let the limitations or maybe they're not limitations just let the the uh, restrictions kind of guide you but uh, i, I think, think, so. I think are, there's ama amazing stuff you can do with i find and i'm curious if you feel the same way but i find sometimes that when i'm not put into a box oh yeah i'm miserable i will flail and, and just flop around and and nothing will get done but the moment you tell me where the confines of the bit the For piece sure. the project you lay down those walls i feel so much better because i'm going to push them as far as i can right. i'm going to try to punch through them but at least i know now yeah, where you think this idea stops or where this oh, project yeah. ends. No, I'm definitely the same way. Yeah. And I think that's why a lot of, and who knows because I haven't experienced this, but a lot of directors, when they have their big hit, it's always the next one that's kind of shitty because they were given too much. Yeah, free reign, here you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, but Elysium, that's not always let's go, the, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> all in. Uh, yeah, but who knows? But I definitely, I operate, yeah, better with, with a little restriction. Yeah. So I know, yeah, I know where I can... Where I can play. Yeah, when you're told, look, no one's going to click for anything more than three and a half minutes. You go, well, I'm going to make a four-minute thing. Yeah. But at least I know now I'm not going to make a 15-minute thing. Right. But I'll make that four-minute thing. I'm going to show you. Those 30 extra seconds are great. Right. That yeah. pregnant pause with the, I guess Satan's really cool. <laughs> Done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Audience slayed. <laughs> exactly. You're, so you're, you're doing good? You're having a good time? Yeah. yeah. I'm doing good. Good. Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm really enjoying what we're doing at work and enjoying my own characters and just uh kind of looking forward to exploring all the different avenues I'm, that are out there i'm so you gotta let give me a, a just a slight advance warning on the next one okay I'm so in i want to see it so bad and <laughs> i, I want to be i don't want to be aware of it because it slipped into a subreddit that i follow yes exactly. i want to be right there on the yeah. tip of that spear right, i'll I'm, let you know i i like i said it's been a treat knowing you and seeing us we didn't even get to the monster stuff but like there's oh, yeah people need to google you and go through because i've made quite the pastime out of it in just the last few weeks of discovering the gems of your past yeah and re-watching stuff that i already told you that i loved right it's, like, it's, it's so it's you're fantastic cool thank you're an amazing you. creator uh it's been a privilege to sit down and chat with you at length so thank you for joining it's great being here thank uh, you let's hop on the promo pony yeah and ride it out of town how do people find you and all the amazing stuff that you've done and see worm and all that madness yeah well i uh i would say follow me on twitter at andrew bowser i think uh gosh i would i i think i'm gonna be putting worm out in some capacity soon okay maybe even as soon as 
a week or two. So I think if is you it follow, not on the site? I thought it was on the site. Or no, is it just a little just bit. A, of it is yeah, on it's the just site. a bit. Oh man, because um, I was gonna watch that. Yeah, um, I honestly, Twitter's just the best place. Anything I, I I put out, I'll be pushing through Twitter. And as far as uh, Nerdist goes, yeah, a lot of the sketches are, are sketches I direct. So just go to Nerdist dot com. And uh, if you want to watch something of mine that I think kind of sums up my sentiment as a filmmaker that's out there would be Monster Machine, my short film that's actually on uh, YouTube.com slash Nerdist. So, yeah, look up People Monster to, Machine. Monster Machine is – can you set it up? Or, I mean, yeah. Guys make a machine right. to make monsters yes. based off of old horror films and whatnot. Yeah. Throw them into a machine. Monsters comes out. Now they got to deal with the consequences. Right, exactly. But when you yeah. have this is how we do it. Yeah. We have a Montel Jordan montage taking place. While we're fighting a, a zombie played by Dan Harmon. I mean, come which on. Which is a little Easter egg. Yeah. yeah. Alex yeah. spotted that. He's like, that's Dan Harmon. That's, oh, that's it. So funny. Like, yeah, it's Dan Harmon. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like Monster Machine is just a great uh, short to watch just to see something that I'm that I'm proud of. Are you going to do any more stuff with Milana, by the way? Because you two together are dynamite. I hope. Dynamite. I'd, real, I'd like to do something uh, that was framed like that where we could both improvise and have fun because she's great. She's a great improviser. Totally. So yeah, I'd love to do something with her that uh, maybe it's even those characters are back auditioning for something else. Would love. Um, yeah, love I'd love to. to. Awesome. Thank you again for, for sitting down. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you guys for watching. As always, you can back us at uh, twitch.tv slash the attack. Go to patreon.com slash the attack. We got behind the scenes goodies over there. We play games each and every night with folks who are in our pile. You should. You'll, it's fine. It's, they, they understand it. Or go to supercreative.tv for this and everything else. In the meantime, please use, use your social currency. Uh, leave us a positive review on iTunes. Tell a friend about this thing. Oh, you didn't plug your podcast, by the way. Oh, I, mean, yeah. I said it a few times, but you should read Bizarre that. States. It's on the Nerdist Podcast Network. Uh, you and some lady. Yeah, it's just me and some she lady. She seems nice. Yeah, she, yeah, she's okay. She seems okay. Bad, I mean, it's like, bad B.O. in the studio. Woo! I can only imagine. I see it, and I just get I can, you I can smell tell. it off the CRT. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And your shoulders must be sore from carrying her. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. She's nothing But whatever. It's fine. Nothing. It's fine. You know, some <laughs> of us live in the shadows. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, go to supercreative.tv for this and everything else. Again, please tell your friends and families and scream at your pets. Let them know the Pointless Podcast exists. In the meantime, kisses, hugs, and belly rubs. Good night, everyone.